98.8K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines. National Security Police arrest six senior staff members or former senior staff members of a media company. A medical expert warns that Hong Kong's zero COVID strategy is unsustainable in the long term and needs to change. And private home prices have fallen for a second consecutive month to their lowest since April. But year-on-year prices still rise. National Security Police say they've arrested six senior staff members or former senior staff members of an online media company for conspiracy to publish seditious material. Wendy Wong has more. The arrested persons included three men and three women aged 34 to 73. Over 200 uniformed and plainclothes police officers raided the office of the online media company in Kuantong. Star News said National Security Police went to the home of his deputy assignment editor, Ronson Chan, around 6 o'clock in the morning. Mr Chan is the current chairman of the Hong Kong Journalists Association. Separately, the Hong Kong Journalists Association said it was deeply concerned about the arrests. A medical expert has warned that Hong Kong's zero-COVID strategy isn't a long-term solution for dealing with the pandemic. Speaking one day after a prominent microbiologist, Yun Kwok Yung, argued that the city's current zero-COVID strategy is unsustainable, Professor Jean Wu from the Faculty of Medicine at the Chinese University said the city relied on the free movement of people. She said the restrictions and quarantine measures were taking a toll on Hong Kongers. She said she'd like to see a greater emphasis on testing. If you have 100 people with common cold, about 50% have Omicron. This is the UK uh, analysis. So how do you know you have to test? And lots of people test themselves at home with rapid antigen tests. They send it off. I think we, we have to have some kind of similar mechanism rather than go to community centers, go outside to have a test. So I think the whole uh, community response to the infection need a uh, kind of rapid uh, re-engineering because right now we're just uh, closing borders and hunkering down and I, I don't think it will work. Representatives from the logistics and aviation sectors say a new government rule forcing cargo aircrew to quarantine for three days in a hotel instead of at home is acceptable but have warned that extending this quarantine period could have a significant impact. Speaking on an RTHK show, Chi Yu Lun from the Hong Kong Aviation Staff Alliance said the new policy would inconvenience staff but won't have too much impact on airline staffing. But speaking on the same show, Elsa Yun from the Hong Kong Logistics Association warned of a significant impact if the quarantine period is extended to five or seven days. She said this would affect the sector's capacity and costs and ultimately consumers would shoulder the impact. Ms. Yoon said she was also worried that some Hong Kong-based companies might move their business elsewhere. Meanwhile, researchers at the University of Hong Kong say the pandemic has taken a toll on family well-being, but older and better-off adults tend to cope better. The research team surveyed over 7,000 people from February to March and found that more than half of the respondents reported a high capability to cope with adversity. Of these, older respondents with higher income and education level showed an even higher coping ability. Lam Tai Hing, Hong Kong U's medical professor from the School of Public Health, which conducted the study, says families with more resources are better positioned to deal with these challenges. When people have more resources, then they would be more likely to be able to handle all the challenges. And when they have overcome all these barriers, they felt that 
they actually get some benefits, even though the pandemic is a bad thing, but they can actually gain some benefits from overcoming the problems together with their family members. The United States has reported its highest ever total of new daily COVID cases, with nearly 450,000 on Monday. The figures are mirrored by soaring numbers across Europe as many countries struggle to contain the Omicron variant. The BBC's Patty McGuire has more. Cases were already surging across Europe and North America in the run-up to the festive period, but they've now hit new records on both continents. With many testing centres closed over Christmas itself, the delay in reporting daily figures may have contributed to this particular peak. On Monday, France warned that cases could reach a quarter of a million a day by the start of January. Studies suggest Omicron is significantly milder than the Delta variant, which was previously dominant. Research in South Africa suggests that infection with the Omicron coronavirus variant could provide enhanced protection against the Delta mutation, especially for people who are already vaccinated. The study involved 33 people, both vaccinated and unvaccinated, who were infected with the Omicron variant. The BBC's Warren Bull reports. Scientists at the Africa Health Research Institute found, as expected, that the antibody response to Omicron rose by a factor of 14 within two weeks of infection with the variant. But they were surprised to find that there was also a fourfold increase in neutralization of the Delta strain. They concluded that there's a reduced likelihood of Delta reinfecting any individuals who've had Omicron. The lead researcher said that if Omicron was a less severe strain than Delta, as other studies have found, then it should have the effect of pushing Delta out and lowering the severity of the pandemic overall. The parents of a 14-year-old girl who was accidentally shot dead by a Los Angeles police officer while shopping have demanded justice following the release of body camera footage of the incident. Valentina Orellana Peralta was hiding with her mother in the fitting room of a clothes shop when the officer opened fire on a suspect who was attacking a woman. Speaking to reporters, Valentina's mother, Soledad Peralta, described what happened. We were together at Burlington in North Hollywood. We were trying on clothes for Christmas. We heard some screams and we sat down and hugged and started praying. When something impacted my daughter, Valentina, it threw us on the floor and she died in my arms. There was nothing I could do. To see a son or daughter die in your own arms is one of the greatest and most profound pains that any human being can imagine. The veteran former U.S. Senator Harry Reid has died at the age of 82. He led the Democrats in the Senate for 15 years and played a key role in taking the most significant legislation of Barack Obama's presidency through Congress. The BBC's Kat Wiener has more. Harry Reid was born into poverty in Nevada, in a home with no indoor plumbing and with an alcoholic father who eventually killed himself. He became a boxer in his youth before earning a law degree and starting out on his remarkable journey to the top of the U.S. political system. He'll be remembered for speaking softly but so bluntly that it was sometimes seen as rude and as a formidable political operator. Just two weeks ago, the airport in Las Vegas was renamed Harry Reid International Airport. He was too ill to attend the ceremony but said it was one of the greatest honours of his life. The jury in the sex trafficking trial of Ghislaine Maxwell have finished their fourth day of deliberations without reaching a verdict. They say they are making progress. Earlier, the judge had extended the sitting by an hour because of rising COVID cases in New York. The leader of the Palestinian Authority, Mahmoud Abbas, has met his Israeli defense minister, uh, Benny Gantz, in the Israeli territory. 
It's thought to be his first visit to Israel in more than a decade. The BBC's Steve Jackson reports. The two-and-a-half-hour meeting between the two men took place in Benny Gantz's home in Rosh Hayin, near Tel Aviv. A senior Palestinian official said they discussed the importance of creating a climate that could lead to a political solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Mr Abbas and his host also talked about tensions in the West Bank surrounding Israeli settlements and other security, economic and humanitarian issues. This was not their first meeting. They held talks in the West Bank in August. Nor does it signal any kind of breakthrough in relations. But it does show that two of the key figures in the conflict think talks are still worth pursuing. A conservation team in the U.S. state of Virginia has opened a copper box of artifacts that had remained undisturbed for 130 years. The container was removed from the base of the statue of the Civil War-era Confederate General Robert E. Lee. One of the researchers, Kate Ridgway, opened the box in front of reporters. Thank you. Watch out for that. Okay, folks, everybody ready? Okay, so we're pulling out the metals first because they're on top. Some of the stuff we sort of understand, we know there were some mini balls in here. There does appear to be the piece of wood that had the bullet stuck in it um, right here on top. Items in the box included newspaper articles, coins, books, buttons, and ammunition from the Civil War. There's been widespread criticism of the decision by Russia's Supreme Court to close Memorial International, the country's most prominent rights organization. The group was set up more than three decades ago to document abuses under communist rule. It was shut down for violating the law on those considered foreign agents. The BBC's Grant Ferret has more. The United States and its allies have been swift and unstinting in their condemnation of the court ruling in Moscow. The U.S. ambassador said the banning of Memorial was a blatant attempt not only to suppress freedom of expression, but also to erase history. The French foreign minister described the ruling as deeply worrying. Germany said it was incomprehensible. Memorial was set up three decades ago by, among others, the Nobel laureate Andrei Sakharov to document abuses committed under communist rule in the Soviet Union. Prosecutors also accused it of denigrating the memory of the Soviet Union and of rehabilitating Nazi criminals. A group of Afghan women have held a protest in the capital, Kabul, demanding an end to what they say is the killing and torture by the Taliban of former civil servants and soldiers. Around 50 women chanting justice marched through the city center before being stopped by Taliban forces. Back locally, private home prices have fallen for a second consecutive month to their lowest since April. New government figures show that private flat prices in November fell 1.2% month-on-month, widening from the 0.5% drop recorded in October. But year-on-year, prices were still nearly 2.9% higher. Large homes of more than 1,076 square feet slipped 2.3% on the month, and prices of smaller flats were down 1.2%. Rent was down 0.7% on the month, but was still nearly 2% higher compared to a year ago. Since time has priced its shares at $3.85 each to raise about $5.6 billion. The debut price is at the lower end of the previously set range. The artificial intelligence company has been oversubscribed more than four times since relaunching its initial public offering here. 
Since time, shares will start trading on the stock exchange tomorrow. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 23,079. That's 199 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $33 billion. In currency, the U.S. dollar is trading at 114.81 to the yen. The euro is standing at 1 U.S. dollar and 13 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 47 cents. Looking at sport, we start with the English Premier League where Liverpool slipped up against Leicester City. Mo Salah with a, a straight run up, then he arcs a little bit to the right hand side, saved by Schmeichel, but on the rebound, Salah off the crossbar, and Leicester City managed to get the ball away. That was Mo Salah missing a penalty in Liverpool's 1-0 defeat at King Power Stadium. Adamola Lookman went on to score for Leicester after coming off the bench in the second half. Liverpool lost for only the second time this season. They're Six points behind the leaders, Manchester City. Tottenham were frustrated by Southampton in a one-all draw at St. Mary's. The Saints played the entire second half with 10 men, while Spurs had two second-half goals disallowed. For Spurs defender Eric Dyer, it felt like two points dropped. Yeah, of course, frustration, disappointment that we couldn't um, couldn't get the win, especially after them going down to 10 men uh, for so long as well. Under the circumstances as well, having played on the 26th, um, you know, we, we have to do better and be able to break them down, and, and we couldn't do that. The draw by Tottenham allowed West Ham to move above them and back to fifth place with a 4-1 win at Watford. The Hammers ended a run of three straight losses in the Premier League. Captain Mark Noble was among the goal scorers in the win. It's always going to be tough here today because we had a lot of players that played two days ago. Watford have had a, a long time time off with, with obviously COVID issues and injuries and uh, you didn't know how they was going to start, whether they was going to be really fresh. We, we haven't known whether they've trained a lot or um, obviously they started great with a, with a great goal from Dennis. But um, I think after that, we controlled the whole first half and, and, and went in at half time, fully deserved 2-1 up. And then we get the penalty and um, very important to get that goal. It gives us a two goal buffer and I, I felt like we needed that because they put us under a bit of pressure but we haven't uh, won many games in the last couple of months so today was so important and it's nice to get a com- uh, convincing win like that. Crystal Palace struck three times in the first half to beat Norwich 3-0 at Selhurst Park. The Palace manager Patrick Vieira was again missing as he continues to self-isolate with COVID-19. His assistant Ocean Roberts said Vieira still played a huge part in the win. Of course, we have a communication strategy. So, you know, I'm I'm definitely speaking more to Patrick than I do my wife these days. Um, but uh, you know, no, it's it's you know it's working well. Of course, it's uh, we we need him back as soon as possible. But um, you know, yeah, we made sure that everything he wanted done gets done to the best of our ability. We follow the instructions to try and make sure that uh, that we get what we what we're looking for from games, and hopefully. You know, that will help him a little bit today. Norwich remained bottom of the table, having scored only eight times this season. Looking at the weather, mainly fine and dry, and the outlook will be fine with cool mornings for the rest of the week. Windier on New Year's Eve and on the night of New Year's Day. Right now, it's 20 degrees Celsius, 67% humidity. That's the news from RTHK. Maybe I'm a dog. 
things bad I don't expect to be treated like a fool no more I don't expect to sleep through the night So people say lies, lies, lies But I say why, why deny the obvious child Why deny the obvious child And in remembering a road sign I'm remembering a girl when I was young And we said these songs are true These days are ours These tears are free The cross is in the ballpark And the cross is in the ballpark I've been following the light across my room I watch the night proceed in my day So people say the sky is just the sky But I say, why deny the obvious job? Why deny the obvious job? Sits by his window and thinks to himself how it's strange that songs are like ages. Sunny's yearbook from high school is down from the shelf, and he idly comes through the pages. Some have died, some have fled from themselves, or struggled from Sunny wanders beyond his interior walls, runs his hands through his spinning brown hair. Well, I'm accustomed to a smoother act, or maybe I'm a dog who's lost his pride. I don't expect to be treated like a fool no more. I don't expect to sleep the night. So people say a lie is just a lie, but I say the cross is in the ballpark. Why deny the obvious, child? Welcome to the 123 show. 
Here I am again, Sadi Usmani, sitting in for Noreen. On the show today, after 1.30, we talk fire safety in Hong Kong. Joining me in the studio will be Herman Hoare, Assistant Divisional Officer for the Fire Service Department. He'll be giving us the insight on how to stay safe inside the house and outside the house. Joining him will be Xinyan Huang, Assistant Professor at Poly.